0: Hello and welcome everybody to the Melomancy Podcast, episode number 71. My name is Dylan.
1: My name is Vic. I'm Rick.
0: And today we're going from low energy to high energy because holy shit, that was a weird delivery for that intro. But hey, we're we're back. Um, Just a couple things before we kick off. I just want to remind everybody this is a value for value podcast. And if you want to stream sats to us or send us boostograms, we'll read them on the show. We don't have any to read today. I looked. I'm prepared today uh but also shout out to merlin dude i see you in the fountain stream like i know you've been streaming stats to me you're like the most consistent voice of the people streaming i know the vast majority of our listeners are on like spotify and itunes um one day they'll see the light i'm telling you fountain in particular is a fantastic app for podcasting in general even if you don't want to do the currency stuff right like if you just want to listen like it's actually really good so Definitely check out Fountain. Check out everything else on like newpodcastapps.com. But I'm not going to stop you from listening to us on Spotify. I'm not going to like fucking pull our RSS feed or some bullshit. It's like, (laughs) that's valid. It's okay. I sometimes listen to our show on Spotify because I'm at work and it's inconvenient to connect to my phone and listen on the headphones. Like, I get it. Like, I do too. Does
2: Spotify throw ads in our show on Spotify?
0: No. No.
2: (laughs) Okay. I was just curious on that. Because I've never listened to our show on Spotify, only on Fountain.
0: Yeah. I bet if I used Anchor FM, which is uh, owned by Spotify, uh, they probably have tools to insert ads like that. Um, but
1: They probably do pre-rolls, if I had to guess.
0: But we're, we're not doing this for a living. We're doing this for fun. Can't say the same about those poor Twitch streamers, though. Victim, did you hear what the fuck Twitch just did and just rolled back six hours ago?
1: So funny enough me me and hells were talking about this uh, just a few moments ago actually um, yeah so i didn't see the initial like thing that they put out i only saw them walking it back but it was such a knee jerk reaction that they or knee jerk like choice i guess that the reaction was like it, it, was, it was like people got whiplash looking at it and then twitch must have gotten like their own form of whiplash from the community response I don't know how the fuck they thought that was going to work out, though. I, I I have no idea.
0: So let me lay it out for the listeners,
1: right? Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: Twitch fucks up all the time. And it's like, if you're listening to this episode a month from now, you're going to be like, which controversy was this? Like... <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay. So uh, a couple days ago, uh, and today, the day we're recording, is the 6th of June, by the way. And w- one moment, I'll edit this out. <clears throat> oh, Or maybe I won't. Fuck, that was a good burp. So it's the 6th of June, right? Uh, I think this was a couple of days ago because I've seen a couple of videos on it. A lot of people have given their hot takes about it. It was just like walked back today. But a couple of days ago, uh, Twitch rolled out new guidelines for on screen advertisements. And when I mean on screen advertisements, I mean you have your stream and there's elements of your stream, both video and audio, that are advertising something that an advertiser is paying you to put on your stream, which is a great source of like secondary revenue for Twitch streamers who when you're doing it for a living they're barely scraping by right well
1: fuck at the moment it's honestly primary income for a lot of them just simply due to the fact that uh, Twitch is no longer doing their 70/30 split for like some of the bigger streamers they, they went from like being able to make well i mean to be fair they probably made too much money in some cases but like you get my point though, like there was there was a lot of people especially some of the people that got grandfathered in that weren't necessarily bigger streamers anymore that just could not make ends meet anymore. Or if they were uh, making ends meet, it was like significantly less than where they were.
0: Mm -hmm. But just get a load of this. Like I got, I got the details in front of me right now. So their guidance that they put out was, uh, you can't do inserted video ads. They call these burned in ads. It's when you hit a a hot key and like an, a literal ad plays on your stream that some people would do when they like go to the bathroom and shit. Right. It's like a BRB screen, but it's an ad can't do that wholesale and logos in your stream, have to be limited to 3% of the screen size. Percent! 3%. Like, fucking, a tiny little thing in the corner. Like, what? And you can only have one. And then, um, display ads that are like, like, little bars. Like, imagine you have, like, a bar at the bottom of your screen that has, like, your username, but it's, like, you know, presented by, fucking, Melanomancy Podcast. I don't know. Right? It's like, no, not allowed. (laughs) And then, uh, you can't do audio ads either. I- I don't know what they mean by that because I don't think I've ever encountered an audio ad, but I don't watch a whole lot of Twitch.
1: If I had to guess, what that probably is is they they don't want people doing like readings. Mm. So like you you mean any, any anyone that fucking still watches YouTube or fuck probably anything uh, you probably heard like the fucking like Audible or uh, or like HelloFresh or Squarespace or you know any one of those companies. They probably don't want this Twitch streamers reading that shit out in like a mid segment in the middle of them streaming. Wow.
2: This is like big time changes. Yeah. yeah. It,
1: and it, it's, 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 it's one of those moments that is weird too. Cause why I don't understand why they think that they need to make that change versus like YouTube isn't going to do that. Well, YouTube isn't owned by Jeffrey Bezos. also true uh if i had to guess though if i if i really had to guess they look at it as uh, a revenue share loss obviously right they're not getting a share of it and what they probably would were probably the next step was they were going to start providing sponsorships where you could ignore those rules if you got the sponsorship through them acting as a middleman that's what i think they were going to do
2: maybe they saw what reddit's doing and got uh emboldened oh fuck fuck,
1: dude Yeah, I can't. I'm so
0: sorry for the <laughs> Apollo app. Like, big rip.
2: Well, it's not just Apollo. It's, uh... It's everybody. Apollo. Yeah, and we know that unless, uh, the Blackout actually wins heard some hearts minds of Reddit, which... ...old Reddit any other way that you... ...reddit outside of, like, the official Reddit app and the official Reddit webpage, going the way of the Dodo.
0: Yeah, and yeah. just to give context to the listeners, if you, uh managed to escape Reddit because holy shit, what an awful website. Um, I'll tell you basically all the apps that people use to access Reddit. Uh, they rely on Reddit's APIs, right? Basically the app developer gives you something to install on your phone off Google play or the iPhone app store. Right. And then this app loads on your phone and it makes a bunch of API calls and it uses an API key that the company that made the app owns and they get charged for this usage, right? Now, it's normally not a big deal. Like, an app, uh, I I don't know how much Apollo costs, but there there's apps out there, formally, for Reddit, that only costed, like, a one-time fee of, like, five bucks, and, like, they ran in perpetuity because it cost almost nothing to make these calls, right? Uh, But now, they have raised the price of these calls, which is what Twitter did, right? Twitter raised the price of their read and write API calls such that bot users are now prohibitively expensive to run and getting data out of Twitter is also prohibitively expensive, right? And then Reddit's basically doing the same thing. It's like they're obviously not charging themselves for their really shitty official app. uh, But if you use like Apollo or or you're on Android like me and you have now for Reddit, um, those apps are fucked because well how, what was the number that the apollo guys had to pay wasn't it like it was in the millions
2: so reddit's uh killing this on the first i think they quoted them at 12 million i don't have the number right in front of me but basically well he did his own math the apollo guy did his own math for this and came up to about 12 million but he's obviously not going to be able to pay that because none of these third-party developers are making that kind of scratch the apollo what they did is they did a um uh, they have like uh, sub, like a $3 a month subscription if you choose to do that. But the app is free and it allows you to access Reddit, do everything that you really want to. It's mo- more for moderator tools that you'd pay the subscription, like uh, for multiple accounts uh, attached to Apollo or uh, being able to do posts or edit, like um, seriously edit posts, you know, moderator tools. Um, mm-hmm. But so it's free to everybody who me wants it and it's not free to the people who need the extra stuff it's a fair trade in my opinion but even if everybody who uses apollo paid like three dollars a month it wouldn't make the 12 million reddit's trying to kill them but they're also trying to not appear like they're killing them it's hard to like explain in a way that makes sense because it's so overt
0: right because they could have like blocked API access or banned these particular apps API keys but instead it's like oh no we want people to make apps absolutely make apps by the way it's going to be 500 times the cost uh <laughs> it's like yeah, essentially shitty um it's like a landlord they're raising your rent
2: yeah they really are and uh it- it's clear what they want to do they want to kill off everything that isn't standard reddit but they don't want to say they're doing that that way. They can be like, "Oh no, they had every opportunity to keep doing the things, but instead, um, I guess we're working with something somewhere between thoughts and prayers and uh, a sense of pride and accomplishment." Like uh, it's mm. that tone deaf <laughs> surprise mechanics. <we kids. laughs> yeah, it really is. Like it really is that level mm. of tone deaf, where they're like, "Do you not have phones?" Like, man, like for those who are in the future and when we're looking at the tombstones of once great companies and they have like writing on there like do you guys not have phones or you know <laughs> a sense of pride and accomplishment or any of these like one-offs that you guys might just say to yourself as a joke this was the time frame that they're doing that where they're just making shit up and hoping that people buy it and yeah. it's not nobody's going to do it all third party apps are going to uh, close down on the first if it doesn't work out like if they can't change reddit's mind the goal is on the june 12th and to 14th a lot of subreddits are blacking out um, either going private or um, like setting up bots to just automatically uh, delete everything that gets posted
0: I always found that that was the funniest thing about Reddit, because I know Reddit and their algorithms and their meddling and their backroom deals like fucking uh, what's her face? Ghislaine Maxwell was a fucking head moderator of our politics, right? Like Reddit is scum, but like they still rely on user generated content. I mean, most of the stories you hear on Reddit are fake. However, if people weren't posting them, no one would go to the website. You know what I mean? Right. These blackouts probably work really well on Reddit.
2: I sure hope so, because uh, I would like, like, my Reddit uh, time would end if Apollo shut down, because I refuse to use the, the official Reddit app. Not it's only true. is it a mm-hmm. garbage app, but it's so infested with advertisements at this point, point and they do things like, rec- I don't mind them recommending like subreddits, but there's no way to turn that off. There's no way to be like, hey, yeah, just because I go to gaming doesn't mean that I want to see every individual game subreddit like i don't care about league of legends
1: yeah i i actually had to turn off that my app's notifications in like my phone because it was doing that i i have the reddit app just for because you fucking try to do anything on your phone and it just sucks ass on the browser so i just said fuck it i hate that actually like because
0: every time i want to look something up like uh help on modding my vita right like there'd be a reddit post i want to go read and then it's like Oh, you need to get the app to read all the comments and um heaven forbid yeah. uh you're going to some like not safe for work picture. It's like, no, you need the app. You can't even load it. And it's like, for now, you need to
1: verify your age. It's like
2: bullshit. Reddit went out of their way to kill functionality for uh phone browsing outside of their app.
1: It's just so stupid
2: yeah i can't stand it and so
0: i too have a third party reddit app on my phone but i don't really use it a whole lot because i don't like reddit but i used to use like reddit a lot like back in the you know back in the gamer wars of uh 2014 that's kind of when i started like browsing the site in the first place it's just a shithole now like i mean it was kind of a shithole back then but it's so much worse and if they cut off access to that one little app on my phone that still works like i ain't going back never
2: no no and that's exactly what it'll be is i'll just be like it's not worth it to me to like mm-hmm. put up with this shit.
0: I think the question's going to be, uh, you know, just to reel it back to Twitch for a second. Like, will the Twitch streamers do the same? Because I know a lot of them announced plans to uh, not stream on Twitch or seek alternatives or what have you in response to this news because they did not intend to comply to this policy, and that's probably why they rolled it back today. I know, uh, in particular, Asmongold's group, OTK, they they threatened to move. And I know they're yeah. a big money winner for for Twitch. Like, they generate a lot of money for them. So, I know other groups probably plan the same, but I don't really follow them. I, I, I barely follow OTK. I just know, like, a couple of the people in it, right? But, like, cool, they rolled it back, but it's only a matter of time before they do something else that's shitty again. And I have been looking around, and I know, like... Like the the landscape for streaming is in a really weird place right now, right? Because if you look at the alternatives earnestly, right, we have YouTube, right, which is good in some ways but bad in so many others, right? Like uh, yeah,
2: it's functional.
0: It's functional. Well, I don't even know if it's functional because you could, you have the one live stream, right? And you could turn your live stream vods into videos pretty easily, and most Twitch streamers have YouTube channels for their vods. But like, yeah. um, the way it displays who's live to you. Like, feels like an afterthought for YouTube.
2: Oh, no, no, you ha- definitely have to, like, have a schedule and your viewers need to pay attention to the schedule. Like, where I say it's functional is, like, there are people who stream on YouTube se- semi-successfully. Like, uh, granted, they used to be Twitch streamers, uh, like Dr. Disrespect. He's, as far as I'm aware, he's doing fine on YouTube only.
0: Right. But people, like, I mean, they might go for his VODs and his highlights, but, like, most of his VODs and highlights are being clipped by other people and his channel is yeah. all about the live stuff and yeah, it works for him because he's figured it out. Like all he does is go live. That's it. Right. So if you follow him, you'll find it.
2: Yeah. And not only that, but like he clips together, like uh, highlight streams as well, right. Or like highlights of streams where it's like uh, highlight reels. That's the word I'm looking for reels mm-hmm. uh, where, you know, it's like watch me kill, you know, 20 other streamers, uh, you know, in a row kind of thing or whatever
0: right and it's just if you use youtube the way youtube wants you to use youtube you are creating long-form content you're creating youtube shorts that are effectively tiktoks uh and you are streaming right however if you do all three of those things uh they will not be advertised correctly and oh my goodness i really hate the way youtube looks on the tv like i spend a lot of time on the tv app for youtube for my Mm -hmm. my smart tv and uh I can't even use my subscriptions tab anymore because like I started following a couple of people that make shorts, right? Most of them are TikTok reuploads, but still. And now uh the shorts content is like interweaved with long form content uh, in my subscriptions tab. And it is unreadable. Like, it's just garbage. Like, if yeah, I'm on the TV, I'm not going to be watching shorts. Like, don't show me them. I don't know how. Yeah, that sounds awful. They fucked that up. Yeah.
2: Well, I know how they fucked it up. They don't care.
0: Yeah, they're just copying shit that mm-hmm. seems to work so there's youtube that's one competitor to twitch right so that seems like the most obvious place people would go um i feel really bad for odyssey i meant to bring them up a little bit earlier when i was talking oh, about right. the value Whoops. for value thing uh that's okay so with odyssey right like we still have a channel there i still upload there you could still tip us dollar, dollar bills there and subscribe to our tiers which is kind of like patreon but they don't take a they don't really take much of a cut compared to Patreon. It's like nothing, right? And that's super cool. And that's it's really cool that they offer those features. And Odyssey as a website functions just fine, right? I mean, if you're overseas, it probably doesn't work very good. But if you're in the United States or Canada, it works just fine, right? And the streaming, like they put a lot of work into it. Uh, you could definitely tell it's a small company, right? But their streaming thing, it works just fine. And I would probably be happy there if I was a streamer. But nobody ever gives it time of day and I'm beginning to lose faith in it myself because um, not that they did anything wrong but like the other company, Library, they lost their lawsuit. And I mentioned this on the show before but that makes me really concerned about Odyssey's future because as the story goes, TLDR right? There was one company, Library Inc. They made the Library Protocol which used a crypto token to do all their peer-to-peer bullshit. right? On a technical level, it made a lot of sense. Right? Now um, the Library token uh, the courts have ruled is a security because well, it it is right. They they fairly lost that lawsuit. I was hoping they wouldn't. I was hoping that regulation uh and case law would go the way of the of the crypto bros, but it did not. And so the courts have the law of the land has decided that all these crypto schemes are securities, which in the long run probably for the better, right? Because there's so many bad cryptos out there, right? Oh God, yeah and it's like yeah sure it's a security but like what makes it a security is like the pre-mining the the pre-release handouts and stuff like that right so because a company made it they did a bunch of pre-mining before it was available for everyone else to do it it's like handing out stocks at an ipo right same idea that's why it's a security um functionally uh it does not function as a security but it was distributed like one, so therefore it's a security So the sec says, and I'm brutally simplifying it. Please look it up yourself if you're interested. Uh, but what they did was they took odyssey, which was their video platform, right? Basically a website that implements their protocol that anyone else could have done, uh, just to prove that it worked. Um, and they spun it off as their own company while they took the fall for the sec lawsuit. So library Inc is basically out of business now and odyssey is just fine. And they don't shoulder that debt. However, Under the hood, Odyssey uses the library protocol, which depends on the library token, and there's no real good above board way to get library tokens like the popular exchanges don't carry them, right? You have to go to the weird and shady ones. And if you don't know what you're doing with crypto, you shouldn't be there, right? I don't yeah. even go there. So it's like, I don't have a good, legitimate way to get my hand on library tokens. And so when I run out, like, that's it. I ran out once, and I emailed their support team. And you know what they did? The The guy in charge of their support, his name's Tom. He's a super cool dude on Twitter. He fucking sent me library tokens. And he's like, keep uploading. And he's like, that's your solution? Like, okay, thank you. But
1: I mean, that's nice and cool of him, but also that shouldn't be the only avenue. <laughs> or, the, right. or the more convenient avenue, for that matter.
0: It's because the... It It's not a scam is the problem, right? Like it's a legitimate protocol using a legitimate crypto token for a legitimate function, right? They're not just tacking it on top of something else that doesn't require crypto. They built something that requires crypto, which was really neat, right?
2: So what you're saying is it's a legitimate raking business? Yeah,
0: only rakes. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but uh, so I feel bad
0: for Odyssey and I am concerned about their future. I'll keep putting my shit on there. But like... I, I really hope they succeed, but I don't think I'm going to have any part in it. Right? They they're going to see succeed or fail independently of what I do. So I have a hard time recommending it. And then the other option I keep hearing about is Kick, which, uh, as far as I can tell, is like a gambling site. <laughs> well, oh, I was really. about to
2: ask if we were talking about. Kick the uh, old uh, WhatsApp before Mm. WhatsApp. WhatsApp. Oh fuck! (laughs) No, (laughs) it's it's
1: owned by Stake, which is a gambling website. Oh, so it is a gambling uh, item. Whether or not it's
2: being directly used, as that? Yeah. So, from what I can gather
0: from pretentious blogs from pretentious bloggers that were that already had a bias against them, that were probably paid by Twitch, also known as Amazon, with a grain of salt, right? So, from what I can gather from these bloggers is that. The dude that owns it is some Australian 27-year-old billionaire who got rich on crypto, right? Kind of a red flag. I don't know what crypto he got rich on. Maybe it's Bitcoin and everything's fine. Or maybe it's a bunch of scams. I don't know, right? By the way, Bitcoin's not a security, uh, by the way. So uh, Bitcoin is safe and everything else is not. That includes Ethereum. Uh, anyway, so... This, this dude owns Kik. And I remember the first, the earliest blogs on the subject that I could find suggested that uh, nobody could figure out who owned Kick right? Until the guy kind of came forward. His name's Ed Craven, right? Mm-hmm. And this dude, some kind of crypto billionaire, he owns Steak and he owns Kik. Uh, Kick or Steak, the company, does not have a stake in <laughs> Kik, the website, financially. However, they're owned by the same dude, right? Or founded by the same dude. So, legally, uh, the gambling company doesn't have a hand in the streaming company. However, they're owned by the same dude, and gambling is allowed. So, (laughs) take that for what you will. Um, But, like, I loaded it up, and, you know, I see a couple of uh, former Twitch people. Like, I see Ice Poseidon. I see Aiden Ross. Right? And I'm looking at their live counts. They're in the five digits. Right? Looks healthy to me. Right? Like, there's definitely less people on this website right, than Twitch, but it doesn't seem to be a shortage of people like you wouldn't get these numbers on odyssey which is sad because i think odyssey might be the better product however um this looks like a twitch clone through and through which means it's probably a better user experience than youtube and because it's owned by some australian crypto billionaire who doesn't need the money they have very creator generous splits i think what was it like 90 10 or some bullshit like I don't remember where I read that, but it has—it's not fifty-fifty. It's way more in the streamer's favor, probably more than you would expect. I ninety-twenty might be too far, but it's something crazy like that, right? And it's like, huh? They're really after Twitch's market, and they've been like tweeting a bunch today because obviously, um, I, I just followed them on on Twitter when I was like doing a little bit of research on the topic, and they've been like uh, poking fun at Twitch, and I think they. They were trying to convince like Mr. Beast to go stream because he made a tweet about like streaming on a different platform out of spite because he doesn't like Twitch changes either. And it's like, okay, so obscure website by Crypto Billionaire is now trying to court streaming celebrities uh, to try their platform out because it probably works good enough. But like, hey, look,
1: it almost worked for Microsoft.
0: It almost worked for it was working for Microsoft. I don't know why they sold that Mixer was fine. Be
1: real, if they had just stayed the course, I think Mixer actually would have been. They just needed, they just needed time.
0: Dude, could you imagine if Mixer existed today? Like, it would have been like Premiere, because like now between Xbox and PS Five, we have uh, Discord integration. So like, I haven't done it yet. I I swear I will one day. But like on my console with headphones plugged in, I can go join a Discord channel with my Discord account right and talk even though i'm on my console playing games and so now that stuff like that is possible imagine how successful mixer could have been because obviously mixer was really good for xbox gamers because it was all built in and shit right and it's like yeah microsoft could have made like streaming on the xbox very easy through mixer and everything would have been cool and maybe they just pulled the trigger too early i don't know like Mixer was fine, and then they sold it. Like, I feel like they fucked that one up.
1: (laughs) I mean, don't get me wrong, as it was, Mixer was kind of shit, like, comparatively to Twitch, at least. On its own, like, as its own contained experience, I'm sure it worked fine. But, like, yeah, but, like, the issue is that they're playing catch-up, and I think they just decided that that was too unprofitable, even though they were successfully catching up. (laughs) I don't understand. (laughs) But, yeah
0: yeah so kick seems to be the other dominant force, I guess, is the point I'm trying to make. I, there's others too, like wasn't there like dL Live or whatever, but like that one feels like a scam.
1: uh yeah, that was probably a scam, all honesty. I
0: don't remember if they're still alive, but I remember all the backlash from the the, the leaked internal slack messages at, in, in their company. Basically, they had admitted in the slack channels that were leaked that um, they're being lax on content they wanted to ban right? Because there was a lot of, like, right-wingers on there, and people that just say controversial things that kind of get you banned on other platforms, right? Nothing, like, illegal or heinous, but still bannable, right? And they were talking in their private chats, like, oh, man, I wish I could ban these people, but we really need the viewership and the people and the traffic, right? And it's like, ah, yes. Corporations. (laughs) Fucking corporations, right?
2: Yes. Well, I mean, but that is how it works um, with people, like, um, you got you had a lot of undesirables on like uh, Twitter or subreddits that lasted forever um, that were not like, <laughs> you know, not safe for life in some cases mm-hmm. um, because they just needed the people. and I assume yeah you know, well
0: they seem to all be back on Twitter. I mean not that they ever went anywhere, but I see no shortage of like objectionable shit on Twitter, and I think it's hilarious.
1: Twitter is a, a, a light. It's on fire.
0: Yeah, they're definitely winning the social media game. Uh, whether what's it called? Um, people like it or not? Because uh, a lot of people are mad. Like I know the New York Times refused to pay for YouTube, for Twitter Blue, so uh, they don't have a checkmark anymore. Their official account doesn't have a checkmark, which is hilarious. And then they they opens, Twitter open source their algorithm, right? So you can go see like how posts get ranked. And uh, obviously, having Twitter Blue, having a checkmark, obviously helps. So. The New York Times is just like shooting themselves in the foot there, right? And it's just hilarious. The developments of Twitter have been hilarious. Uh, I anxiously await its destruction, but uh, at least I'm having a good time.
2: <laughs> yeah, right? you no, know, it's it's hanging in there, you know, as hard as it can. Um, we'll mm-hmm. see. We'll see the outcome in the end.
0: Yeah, but speaking of like shitty corporations, like like it reminds me, um, there was a story I read, and I, I swear this is relevant. Uh, you know how um, Square Enix and other uh, game devs kept trying to like push NFTs into their games and it was like the worst implementations fucking ever, right? So uh, I swear this is relevant because PC Gamer uh, did an article recently where they were like, hey, we, uh, I forget the actual text of the article. I don't have it in front of me, but they, they were, they said something along the lines of, yeah, we bullied them. We We bullied NFTs into obscurity and it's like, well, they deserved it right cuz those companies they did it, they were doing it wrong uh but i i want to reiterate what i've said previously on the show where like the technology isn't inherently evil and you it could have been used to bring a better future than like the the fucking uh, surprise mechanics that we have today uh obviously oh, i don't trust these corporations to bring that about because their plan for nfts was to uh keep doing loot boxes and bullshit like that and then this extra thing that might make them crypto millionaires right i was to say loot boxes but worse right well it's it's not even loot boxes but worse it's loot boxes plus worse yeah <laughs> right.
2: You're right no we're and i i always appreciate the like the dream thing that they talk about where it's like yeah could you imagine taking your like master chief skin into another game entirely that isn't fortnite
0: it's like, fucking no, that's not how that works. It was never going to work that way.
2: Like, like, are you going to get my, are, are you going to get Sony and Microsoft to shake hands enough for me to go make Kratos wear uh, like Master Chief Armor? Really?
0: Yeah, it's like, entities were never going to give you cross-game mechanics, skins, or what have yous, but they could have made all of your little skins, gadgets, and what have yous digital assets that could be resold independently and traded, right? It's like, it was a real missed opportunity. And we've covered it before, so I I won't repeat it, but I I wanted to bring it up just cuz I I saw that and I was like, come on, man. It wasn't like that seeing all these people just dance around like, "Oh yeah, great victory." It's like, I mean, yeah, those game devs deserved it, but only cuz they fucked it up, not because the technology is evil.
2: Yeah, well, I mean, it kind of goes back to a lot of other victories, so to speak, that happened throughout the gaming sphere where you know, it's very easy to turn it into a binary good versus evil uh, right. rather than use any critical thinking whatsoever. Yeah.
0: Well, I mean, these bloggers got a blog, right? They probably watch a lot of Marvel movies. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I was going to
2: say, well, you know, but like we see it, you know, back in 2014, we had uh, the Great Gaming War and it tried to get revived about the time when uh, Wizards of the Coast was doing all their like uh you know, OGL and shit like that, where it's like, Oh, I don't know all the racist gamers. Like,
1: mm-hmm. are
2: they though? Are they really racist gamers? Or is it like 30 people total on Twitter saying racist things, which might just be bot accounts.
0: They certainly were. Or if just false flags, like a couple of them got caught false flagging their own, uh, their own stuff because they forgot to change accounts.
2: Yeah. I mean, that like it's things like that where it's like, yeah, I mean, I don't doubt there are some pretty terrible people. Like, you know we just had fucking little mermaid come out right like honestly the black girl was not the problem with the movie no. she was actually the best part hands down like other than the it was everything else reason. wasn't it
1: <laughs> yeah. well they were very clearly darkening backgrounds so you didn't see just how shit the cgi was and you could still see just how shit the cgi was so
2: you know the crabs from the crab Ray uh, video Oh mm-hmm. my
1: god! That too. That Holy is exactly
2: the same quality of CGI that we're working with here. Yeah. I haven't
0: seen this movie, but I, I can't get over the trailer and how like her little fish friend, like flounder or whoever, looks like a soulless fucking real fish. It's yeah, like no,
2: gross. the crab. No, uh, I forget. Sebastian. Sebastian right? yeah. is
1: literally just a crab.
2: He is a crab raid crab.
1: No, seriously. Yeah, it, 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 it's Straight amazing. Like, why that I when I watched it. You know, at first I was, I was going in because obviously, you know, the trailer. Uh, I'm, I'm going in and I'm like, okay, I already know people are going to be pissed that they're, you know, they're race swapping Ariel. I already understand that that's going to be a thing. So I'm going in, like, trying my best to look at all the other shit, man. Like, you know, maybe there's, there's plenty here that people will like. Maybe I immediately see that and I'm like, nah, this ain't for me. This movie ain't for me. No, the um,
2: action <laughs> like, you, on you, candy, you right? skipped out, You
1: don't fuck with Sebastian like that, man. God damn. Well,
2: so they've got all kinds of things and i uh, you know i'm cool with them updating like the uh, lyrics for "Kiss." you know i don't know if the name of the song was actually kiss the girl but that song he, you know he's basically at the time we didn't see that sort of thing as sexual assault we saw it as the man manning up and kissing the girl right like if both people are into it then we were we were bad about that at the time uh, we've gotten better about that as a culture now where we ask permission and stuff and i think Updating the lyrics for the song, that's fine. Now there's another song that they did that was absolute fucking garbage.
0: What was that? What song was that?
2: Um, it was called Scuttlebutt. And they turned it into a hideous rap. Like, hideous, hideous. Hmm. Um, like, legitimately, like, it sounds like somebody making up the rap as they're rapping it. Like, uh, they're just struggling so much.
0: And it's like, it, not even the good kind of freestyle
2: right no 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 no. it's like stream of consciousness where they're like oh you know that thing um that thing that yeah, yeah yeah that thing where they touch their lips together that thing that thing like i'm not like i'm not underselling how bad that rap is it's actually like understood how terrible that rap is uh like by like uh all kinds of groups like anybody who likes the movie even acknowledges that that is a terrible rap by any metric. The person yeah. who did the rap was like, I'm not sure if they should include this. Like, <laughs> That's I mean, <laughs> well, I'm, I'm sure they didn't write it. I'm sure it was somebody else who wrote it. And by all rights, the person performing it actually did a good job with the monstrosity that they were given. I have to get, like, credit where it's due. Like, it's a terrible rap, and the person who p- had to do it Performed it very well. However, that doesn't excuse the fact that it's terrible. Yeah. Um. And then uh, outside of that, you know, they they made some changes. Some of them are seem silly to us adults, but like on the other hand, we have to you know look at it's a kids movie. At the end of the day, they're nostalgia baiting adults to bring their kids. That's exactly what it is. That's the same thing that's happened all over the place, mm-hmm. where it's um. The, it's clearly yeah.
0: targeted. It's like, hey, millennials, your kids are movie watching age. Remember this thing from your childhood that you obsessed over?
1: Oh, yeah, that, that's that's the entire audience for all of the live actions. Every last one of them. That, that is the live action
2: audience. That's the goal is to bring people in and hopefully they'll bring their children so you can hook on the children for the next generation. Um, that is the ultimate goal um it's just not working as well because most of the live action movies which do reasonably well at the box office are just kind of not memorable yeah like they're really i forgot they even did the lion king live action when uh, i was looking at a (laughs) list of them i was like i knew they were talking about but i forgot that it happened it's just it was bad so forgettable
0: it was Uh, lifeless because they did the photorealistic thing on every character
1: yeah yeah it's not a good choice. It's funny how that, that, that turns out feeling more lifeless than if they were to have just fucking recorded a lion in the fucking wild and then dubbed over it. Or if they'd made, you know, the big ol' anime eyes and shit
2: that's yeah, pretty yeah. standard for animation. Um, like, if you look at Pixar, Pixar's animation typically has big eyes because when you do animation, you want bigger eyes than literal, like, life-size eyes and a more exaggerated face because animation your goal is to exaggerate like that's why you're doing animation and not live action
1: well, yeah oh. uh i think weirdly enough my my favorite i mean this is probably not the best but my favorite uh explanation of that an early like like probably like 10 years ago league of legends animation where they went through and did a like a frame by frame analysis as like a developer commentary thing and they're like yeah if this happened in real life that man's back would have broken in two but We can do that because it's animation and it looks cool. And it's just like, yeah, I agree. (laughs) Well, I mean, that's something that goes around quite a bit. Like, um,
2: if you look at any sort of animation, there will be keyframes. And oftentimes in the keyframes, it'll actually be exaggerated stuff, like animations. Like, it's not intended to be stopped in the middle of it. But when it it looks silly when you do. But when you, like, watch it in motion, it looks great. Or, fuck, even live-action shit. Like, when you pause... A um, somebody talking in the middle of a sentence, half the time they look stoned as shit.
1: They look stoned or like they just came?
2: Yeah. <laughs> and, well, that's a huge part of acting, though, like, is being over-exaggerated. Like, even when you're being, like, somber or, you know, soft or whatever, you're still exaggerating the emotions. It's, that's why things look lifeless, is because when you don't exaggerate, uh, you know, it doesn't come across on the screen. Like, I don't know why these multi-billion dollar companies are struggling with this because these are things they've known longer than I've been alive, longer than the three of us combined have been alive. They've known these things.
1: Well, I think if I had to guess at that, it's probably more to do with the fact that because it's become so commonplace, people stop questioning. They just assume it's commonplace and don't know to mention it to someone. So anyone new coming up into the industry... Probably isn't a having the self awareness or the or comment more, more so the common sense to figure it out on their own, or they're just not being told.
2: Yeah, I mean, there's that, you know, there's also the fact that so many things are made by committee. That's like, like, that's how we ended up with the Ubisoft sandbox. Like, um, I watched a video about somebody saying that, you know, fall or uh, what is it, Forbidden uh, West or. or we were Horizon Zero Dawn... Yeah, Forbidden West got a bad rap because uh, it came out at the same time as uh, Breath of the Wild, so we have an Ubisoft sandbox happening at the exact same time as a literal game change. Oh, no, Forbidden West was uh, Elden Ring. Sorry. <laughs> Zero Dawn was Breath of the Wild, and then oh, they, yeah, 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 yeah. Forbidden West just released its DLC the, like, like the same week. Like a month
1: before Tears of the Kingdom.
2: Yeah, like it feels like the same week. It was so... Like, it was lost in... the. and I'm sure that actually these are reasonable stories because like when I hear the arguments it's never the gameplay's fantastic it's always the story's really good it makes you feel really cool when you're doing things it's like yeah that's fine but you know like it's like the same you know things that people say or the opposite things people say for Tears of the Kingdom where they're you know it's like well you know it doesn't matter that the story's kind of not there it's like Yeah, no, we give it that benefit of the doubt. But if the story was amazing, we wouldn't be saying that.
1: Yeah. The story
2: is pretty lackluster in the game, which is fine. We're not there for it.
1: Yeah, I I think that's one of those weird moments where, like, okay, there is always a time when we're going to write off and just be like, all right, this fucking sucks, but the gameplay is fire, I don't give a shit. But nobody would ever complain for the inverse, right? It's like, well, not the complete inverse, but the the story being good, I mean, um, no one would complain. So, no, we
2: would be, like, if the game had a better story, you know, that wouldn't be, well, despite its bad story, or middling story, it's not even a bad story, it's just a middle, like, a non-existent they, story, basically. They
1: throw their writers at it just long enough to have something that it, at least can be followed, and then they'd leave it at that. Yeah, so, well... Because that's the bare minimum for a story, right? It's like, a bad story is, like, dialogue that's fucked up, and you're like, what the fuck did he just say? Or, like you know, the characters have, like, really piss-poor word choice or something like that. Something that's really easy to avoid if you just edit your fucking your, your shit once or twice. Well, right, and it's...
2: You know, Nintendo isn't gonna do that, though. Um, no. If they have poor writing, it's on purpose. Um, like, they're trying to make a joke out of it or whatever. Whether yeah. or not it lands is up in the air, but, yeah. Like, No More Heroes, like, the third one. A good
1: example, yeah.
2: Where, like... The it's supposed to be bad. It just kind of overstayed its welcome. Um, it was funny the first game. It was still kind of funny the second game. By the third game, we were like, "Come on, man!" <laughs> uh, but that's a that's something to look at. I think is kind of this changing. Uh, like we get these companies that are chasing old trends. Like what we're seeing now uh, in a lot of in the AAA sphere, Nintendo notwithstanding, is a lot of like not even base building, but, like, town building, like, Stardew Light. Like, that's what happened with Jedi Mm. Survivor. Like, you've got this never-before-mentioned made-up planet that they made up just for the game that they can do whatever with, and you're building a settlement out there. That's what happened with uh, Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Like Oh, that's
1: right, yeah, yeah. Yeah,
2: no, like... It's so far
0: uh, removed from what made the series great.
2: Yeah, well, I mean, and that's... But that's kind of the thing that, like, if you want to see what triple a's going to do next look at the indie games that are popular like really popular like uh, we had uh uh shit we had the roguelites roguelites were super popular like 5 years ago right yeah. and then now you know in then like for like 2 years ago we i guess up till last year we had returnal mm-hmm. like we had a lot of triple a oh
0: rick you know what's popular a little bit ago that's popular now yeah extraction shooters
2: Oh fuck me. That's so actually that's a great segue into the thing that I I wanted to talk about. (laughs) So um so there is a video that just happened from, you know, my apparently my new favorite.
0: It was the Sony state of play. It's like a Nintendo Direct for Sony.
2: Yeah, so the Nintendo well actually, yeah, we'll let you talk about that and then I'll talk about my little shit uh thing that I'm gonna say about it.
0: No, it's okay. I'll just tee you up real quick. So there is this thing called the Sony State of Play, which is like a Nintendo Direct, but for Sony. And I actually came prepared with a list of everything they announced. So let me just give you the quick fire, uh, and then I'll hand you the spotlight because I know exactly what you want to talk about. So Spider-Man 2 got a gameplay trailer. Woo, I guess. Um, Metal Gear Solid remake uh, for 3 announced. I'm going to talk more about that later. Um, they also announced uh, they're also re-releasing digitally. Uh, the whole Metal Gear series uh, as well. I'll talk about that in a little bit too. Um, they announced Project Q, which is their little handheld, which is like, it looks like a phone with a Razer Kishi around it, but the Razer Kishi looks like a PlayStation 5 controller. But it's not a phone. You can't take it apart. It's it's a handheld. It looks kind of stupid, but it's meant to stream to your it, PS5.
1: It literally looks like the memed, like, fake uh handhelds from over the years it, it literally is a spitting fucking image of it
0: yeah of like the, those video editors would make that have like the moving parts of the pop-out screens
1: yes it, it literally oh my god it it somebody at sony made that as a meme and some the wrong person saw it and thought it was great and then they were locked in and there was nothing they could do after the joke <laughs> was made
0: it's more likely than you think in, in the corporate world uh, i mean
1: more <laughs> likely uh, considering the time frame too right but fucking jesus god damn it
0: Alan Wake 2 is coming. I never played Alan Wake 1, but I hear that's a that's a beloved title. Yep. Assassin's Creed Mirage got a release date. And for those who don't know, Assassin's Creed Mirage is a return to form. Uh, they are no, no health bars, no chip damage, no none of that RPG bullshit. It is an Assassin's Creed game. The first one they've made in a very long time. I'm so excited for it. I might actually play it just because I hate what the series became.
1: You know, you know what? You can we can talk shit about AAA developers. We can talk shit about specific publishers like Ubisoft and EA and whatever. But the moment they do something that I fucking want, I I kind of feel obligated to put my money there because it's, that's what I fucking asked for,
0: right? And it's like if they do it and then I don't buy it, they're just gonna go back to their old ways.
1: They're gonna be like, ah, you guys are wrong. It's like, god damn it, no, damn it. <laughs>
0: yeah. If they make a classic Assassin's Creed game, uh, I, I'm, I feel obligated to buy it because I want other developers to make those kind of games because those are awesome. There was a new trailer uh, for Final Fantasy 16, but we'll talk more about that next month after I play the shit out of it. Uh, Dragon's Dogma 2, new trailer. Fucking awesome. I didn't even know that was coming out.
1: Oh, man, I'm so ready for it, man. I'm so ready. It's going to be so good.
0: We got to look at Street Fighter VI's story mode, but I've, I've never really been impressed with the story of Street Fighter VI, but we talked about that last episode. Um, uh, yeah, right.
1: yeah, I forgot we did.
0: I don't know what fair game dollar sign is. Uh, I'm reading this article and don't remember what that was. Uh, the Talos Principle too. Uh, I haven't played the first one, but it looks cool. It's, it it was all on my wish list for a while, and I never bought it, but you know, looks cool. Um, there was a Splatoon rip off called Foam Stars by Square Enix. It it yeah, just you you got to see it to believe it. Phantom Blade Zero. Uh, I thought it was gonna be like a Sekiro sequel. That was not. Um <laughs> I wasn't sure what I was looking at. It looks like a game victim would play. Ghost Runner 2 was announced. That's cool. I haven't played the first one yet. Um Helldivers 2 was announced. They had a very hilarious trailer.
1: Oh, that's actually cool. I, I meant to play the first one and never did.
0: Sword of the Sea is coming. That's from the same developer Giant Squid that made uh Journey. Uh so if you like Journey, this is more of that. Um uh, looks really great. Um, there was a bunch of PSVR two trailers, which is great for my dad because I'm trying to convince him to get a PSVR two, just cause he has a PS five and he does not have room for base stations and it's like good for his use case. I already have a valve index. There was a announcement for five nights at Freddy's help wanted 2, cat quest pirates of the Caribbean. I'm serious. I'm scraping the bottom of the barrel here. There was a bunch of shit announced. Okay. But also Bungie announced that they're making a new marathon game. Wow. Marathon. What's that, Rick?
1: I, well, so real quick before Rick oh gets no. into it, I just I just want I just want to state something real quick. Okay, I, I won't spoil what you're about to say either. I saw it, and without even anything, man, I immediately had like nostalgia hit me, and I'm like, man, I fucking remember when I did a playthrough of all the marathon games. I'm like, ah, oh man, I uh, a new marathon game would be great. Anyways, Rick, go on. Oh, so a new marathon game, you say? <laughs> Uh, well,
2: it would be a shame Shoot. if uh, Destiny One and Two happened between Marathon One, Marathon Two, Marathon Infinity, and now. Um, yeah. So, in fairness, we don't know anything about the game except for um, it's an extraction shooter. And um, you know what? The trailer did not
0: make that obvious that it was an extraction shooter. It that, didn't? W- that came out later, so I was all excited. I was like. When I saw it, because I was, I saw it pretty close to live. I was thinking about messaging you, like, "Oh my god, Rick, new marathon!" And then, like, before I had a chance to message you, you had already posted, "Oh my god, as an extraction shooter, what the fuck?"
2: (laughs) Well, so one thing that I do have to give, I do have to give, is I'm not, you know, after the initial, "This is bullshit," settled down. I have to give Bungie some credit here. They're doing their old like uh, ARG. Stuff that they really popularized during the Halo time frame, like the Halo Two, Halo Three uh, time frame, where you know you're looking at fake websites and stuff like that, where they've created like an offshoot web page for you to go to, kind of thing, where like the mm-hmm. QR code, it like if you uh, pause the trailer at a certain part, you look up the QR code, it takes you to a place. Like Bungie's pulling out all the stops for like this. So the problem that I have is actually Destiny and. That's something that I know that not every Destiny player wants to hear because a lot of them are trapped in this endless cycle of abuse and they refuse to leave uh, because they've invested so much into their relationship with the game that they feel like they would be losing a part of themselves if they quit now. Um, And so they get vehemently um, angry about just all like people dogging on destiny but destiny deserves this like destiny is the only triple a game i can think of that actively removes content like it's some bullshit
0: it makes me not want to play it because if they didn't do that you bet i would have caught i would have gone into it caught up to the the current and i probably would have loved it but i can't fucking do that it's been denied to me
1: yeah even hydro our, our resident fucking destiny simp fucking hates it and has refused to fucking play the game because of it Right. So, it, it, as I an example, this man has like thousands of hours in the games. Right. And like, and don't get me wrong.
2: I don't want to fault people for doing what they like. But also, there is a point in time where you're you are wrong for play doing things like playing games. Like I honestly believe people who play Destiny are wrong to play Destiny. And sure, that might catch me some flack. Uh, maybe somebody will come to the Discord and at me and be like, "Fight me, RL nerd," or whatever. I don't care Um, because the problem that we come up to in with destiny in particular is a good game with bad monetization is a bad game. Yeah. And like, I mean, no, I I refuse to play. Like I refuse to stand otherwise. Honestly, I think, you know, we've got several problems in the same vein when like, well, they'll fix it in post that kind of mentality with video games where it's like, let's see where it's at in a year. And, I'm honestly kind of mad at No Man's Sky for turning it around. Like, yeah, good on Hello Games for doing that. You know, they, but they set a terrible precedent where from now on, shit games that release like Redfall cannot be accurately uh, judged now because in two years from now, Redfall might be the hot shit. It's fully possible. And that game is hot trash.
0: That reminds me like, so Star Wars Battlefront 2, the newer one, the one where we get all those memes about surprise mechanics and... What was the other one? Um, uh, Sense, Sense of Pride, of pride and
2: kind, yeah, Accomplishment.
0: Sense of Pride and Accomplishment. That was that controversy. But you know what? Star Wars Battlefront 2 today is a fantastic game that doesn't have any of that shit in it anymore.
1: Yeah, but nobody it, plays it. I was going to say, I, it also has no players in it.
2: <laughs> yeah, but I actually actively am upset that, like... That is something that I do get mad at when publishers and developers retroactively fix things that were there in the initial problem. Like, I don't care about bugs. Bugs getting fixed, that's okay. But, like, when you... when It sets a bad precedent, I think, because not everybody's... Not... help like, 70% of pu- publishers and developers move on to the next thing rather than fixing what's broken. I mean... I like to point I can point out some other game, you know, game developers that have a reputation for turning it around, like Fat Shark. Their Tide series of games for Warhammer notoriously release real shitty and then like a year later turn into a reasonable game with all the features that were promised at launch. And everybody laps up for some reason. Like I'm sure they lose people here and there, but you know, it's the same problem that I hear for fucking No Man's Sky, where it's like, well, the game at launch is wildly different now. Like they should have released No Man's Sky 2 and fixed it, instead of just fixing No Man's Sky. They could have, I mean, fuck, it worked for Overwatch. Well, until it didn't.
1: No. (laughs) uh, So, I I get your point, but I think I disagree with the angle of them not fixing it. I do definitely agree, though, that we shouldn't be releasing shit games and then just fixing them later. Because, I mean, to be fair, look at games like Anthem, where that flopped fucking hard. It fell straight on its fucking face, for them trying to do something akin to that right and i almost feel like i like what happened to anthem but i also don't think i would have complained later if they ended up making just a great game out of it i think it's just one of those moments where like i don't know if you can really have both right yeah the alternative
0: is it becomes abandonware which is what happened to, to yeah anthem right
1: because, right. like, like, there are some great games that have come out of that, but at the same time, it also would have been nice if they were just great games to begin with.
2: Well, so, one thing that I posit here, because I, every time I bring something up like this, and I'm not saying you guys are going to bring this up, but I hear this argument over and over again, well, you know, you get so something of, about supporting the developers, like, they're selling me a product. I'm not a charity.
1: Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. There's time and there's a time and place maybe to support someone who's doing something really cool. But that's because they did something really cool. Not because they just threw fucking meat on the floor and said, eat it, bitch. Right. It's like no. <laughs> no. And
0: that's the difference between like No Man's Sky and Anthem that released in a completely unfinished state versus I would say Cyberpunk 2077 where it worked on my machine, the game was fine at launch for just me. However, they had a lot of work to do to make it fine for everyone else. And yeah, I'm not going to be mad at them for that because I didn't have to wait. The well, game was the game like the materials that the game is made
2: of were fine. Like Right. Well, and one thing that I can like, they had some things like they knew it were, wasn't going to run on last generation machines, but they hid the, that fact for as long as possible. They they have other things that, but the game itself was like, despite giving us some buggy glitches that were hilarious, like the guys in wheelchairs getting punched and running off. Yeah, uh, <laughs> like I, I have magic hands. I can heal. <laughs> I can heal people. You know, things like that. Besides, or you know game breaking bugs because those things happen but those things happen in basically every game that's I mean, released on more skyrim,
1: than one skyrim still releases new iterations of itself and brings in new bugs well sure but that that's <laughs> so
2: that's almost part of the fun with those games because like
1: i mean very there are people rarely complain about it but, but i agree with you
2: but very rarely are the games broken because of their bugs that's one thing that i have to give bethesda like occasionally there will be a literal game breaking bug but I don't think once I've come across a, like, oh, I cannot continue the game kind of bug in a Bethesda game. Like, I've come across my own mistakes that keep me from continuing the game. However, I've never come across one that, like, you know, the character T-posed and refused to talk to me kind of shit. I mean, they did have, like, Fallout 76, and, no, like, I didn't let them off the hook for that. Like, or ESO starting very shitty like whether or oh, not you God, think yeah. ESO was good now it was a horrendous game at launch and it was a far cry I think from even their worst work
1: the worst part about ESO's launch is that it wasn't it had nothing to do with it being buggy and it had nothing to do with like gameplay not functioning the way that it, you know it was on the tin it was that they just did every other choice possible the wrong way and even then, they up until like six months before launch, they were marketing us an entirely different game. I'm still pissed about that.
2: In even small details, so like I know it's not an issue that your NPCs say the same line over and over again, like one line, but that's not what I expect from a an Elder Scrolls game.
1: No, it, it, at, at its core, it wasn't an Elder Scrolls game.
2: No, it wasn't. It was like first person Guild Wars two, basically. Yeah, it, it but didn't worse. play
1: like one. It didn't. It didn't act like one. The only real thing saving it was that it took place within. And to be fair, the main story was pretty good. Because it was fan service from everyone that had played Oblivion.
2: Well, right. Well, Or Oblivion or any of the other ones. Like, they went out of their way to include... All like basically every character that they could from. Well, like Man Marco uh, was the cool
1: thing for me. I was like, "Ah, I know that guy.
2: Yeah, well, like they (laughs) did that. that. They brought. um, (laughs) Well, in the uh, other times, like when you went to uh, Morrowind, they had uh, Amalexia and Vivec, and all these characters that were in their games that could be in the ESO. Like if the character could be in ESO, they put it in ESO, basically. I'm still so sad
1: we didn't get Talos, but I guess this takes place like hundreds of years before that still. I, I don't know what's up. But uh, I- again, it's not something that I'm too
2: focused on. But this is something that's been happening for a long time. And no matter how good again, I stand on this principle. And if I have to you know if I if like I I don't think I'm wrong but If I am, somebody will tell me I'm wrong, but, like, if a good game, if a game that is fun to play, strong story and all that, uh, is fun, but the game is shitty monetization where they're, like, constantly hounding you for money or, you know, telling you that, hey, you should pay money to get more on this battle pass, like, every, you know, time you come out of a game or, you know we'll sell you a a loot box at 50% off if you buy, you know, $20 worth of gems or fucking whatever. Like, no, that's shit monetization. That's a bad game.
1: Yeah, that's the kind of shit that they really need to stop doing. Because it's like, don't get me wrong, Uh, you know, there was people out there that would equate, like, uh, like, uh, Overwatch loot boxes to something akin to, like, FIFA. It's like, those are two different things. They're both not great, but they're two different things. And... The issue comes in when you get to game, games like FIFA or, or games like, I don't know, fuck, I don't know, BDO or, like, uh, I'm trying to think of, like, some really, really, agree. oh, old arcade or something, right? Where, like, every time you log in, you get hit with this fucking, like, coupon, or not coupon book, like a, like a flyer. It's like, here's all the money you can spend in our game. <laughs> it's like, stop. I already well, know.
2: Yeah, there's things like that or, like, uh, one of the other... So- I guess getting us back to kind of where I was talking about what I'm concerned with when it comes to Marathon is they're going to do things like have multiple currencies where technically you could grind for this thing, but it would take you like 50 literal years because even Diablo does this shit. Now. Yeah, um, like I don't know about Diablo four because I didn't look at Diablo four, but like for the Diablo Immortals, they they had like four different currencies and two of them were like. Paid only—it's yep. pure insanity to me. And you know, people were doing the math where it's like this is like fifty thousand dollars to unlock everything, or you could spend like a hundred thousand hours, which is an impossible time. Frame. Oh,
1: oh, it, it was—it was like seventy some thousand uh, that people were like pointing out, but then people clarified later on that was minimum. It could right. be an infinite amount.
2: Well, sure, but the like. Kind of the issue, though, again, when Which we come back to it stupid. is you like when you look at games like that, where they literally make it impossible for you to be able to play at a competitive level without spending oodles and oodles of dollars. Um, that's, and I'm not worried that marathon's going to somehow make like paid players unstoppable because if it's an extraction shooter, they're not going to have a game for very long. If uh, you have literally have to pay to win, and then you can lose the things that you paid for. But I fully expect them to allow you to buy like more storage space, or you know, maybe uh, you can literally use money to buy better gear, just not like the best gear. Like, I fully believe that they may let you do that.
1: Yeah, I hope they
2: don't, but... Like, well, they I have no faith in them. Like, Destiny, I don't think, was requiring you to buy, like, gear, but I do know that they required you to spend money, basically, to upgrade some of it.
0: It was a live service game. They're, you know, always inventing new ways to make you part with your wallet.
2: Yeah, well, I mean, that, and one of the things that I also hear in that kind of where... Uh, that video that I was—I'm pulling most of my words from here—you know—talked about too is like if it's good with friends, why don't you see that as a virtue of your friends instead of a virtue? Why are you ascribing that to the game? Because that would be fun just sitting around and talking with your friends, and it wouldn't cost you extra money to do it. Uh-huh. Um, and, or you could play a game that you all have already or a game that doesn't cost you a lot of money or just better things to do with your time than spending money on shit company games
0: speaking of oh
2: uh, there is some good news in all this yeah it
0: well the sony state of play may have left a bad taste in your mouth uh with marathon <laughs> uh, at least the bloggers over at pc gamer are having their own show the pc game show which used to run like long E3, I think. But there's no E3 this year, right? Um, but they're still doing the PC Game Show. And, you know, and at the PC Game Show is gonna be DORF. I'm super excited for DORF. Have I told you about DORF?
2: Is it related to Dwarf Fortress?
0: Not at all. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's an acronym. I don't know what it stands for. D-O-R-F. DORF is a RTS game made by an indie studio, and it looks fucking stunning. Like, I know our friends that are like, we all have different histories with RTS games and like, like me and Vic really like command and conquer. I know there's, we all like Age of empires, even as, even though it's admittedly a little basic. Right. But like, I'm hoping Dorf will be like a breath of fresh air uh, in the RTS space. And I really hope we can all play it. It's like, it kind of looks like command and conquer. It's got a lot. It's got that like art style, like red alert 2 with the way the sprites move. Right. Uh, And they have sprites. It's not 3d. But it is like pseudo 3D with the way it looks. And it just looks like it's full of soul, right? Like whoever did the art for this game clearly has like a vision and like to make it look a certain way. And it just it really shows. And I look forward to whatever the hell they reveal at the
2: game show. (laughs) Yeah. Hey, you know what? Maybe you'll get lucky. Maybe there will be a Grey Goo faction.
0: I really wish Grey Goo was better received by the world. It was really better than it
1: people (gasps) thought. I don't think it was necessarily received bad. It's just that it wasn't received at all. <laughs>
2: <laughs> right. Yeah. I Quite literally, even with you talking about it, Dylan, Steam never put it in front of me. Never, ever.
1: It, I, it did get put in front of me, but I also, at the time that it came out, I was actively playing RTSs, so that's probably all it was. <laughs> Everyone I know that's tried it said it was great. All, like, two of them. <laughs> I mean, the tutorial was fun. Yeah.
0: Great goo was awesome. But I don't know if we'll ever get together to play it because it's like it's kind of old news now. And it's I'm hoping... old
1: news, and I think it's still pretty expensive to buy uh, at yeah. least outside of sale. So,
0: but you know what? They didn't have uh, a spotlight on the PC game show uh, yearly showcase. So sure. maybe the fact that hey, people still make RTS games, it's not a rehash of something you already played, uh, will get people's attention because like I feel like there's a lot of opportunity in that space to innovate. I don't want to just. Play Starcraft 2 or Command & Conquer Forever or Age of Empires, right? Like Uh, I want something new. Starcraft uh,
1: Starcraft 2 is very dead at this point. Right. But yeah, either
0: Mm way. And Command & Conquer is like dead and buried already. The last thing that they made was the uh, remastered collection, which they contracted Petroglyph, the former Westwood Studios people, to actually remake the game. And it was a very good effort. It was very good, but it's still a remake of their first two games and it's not very competitive, right? But like no problems buying it i thought they they did the right thing is just people are burnt out on ea's meddling right whereas like an indie developer making a cool
2: rts game like we're cooking fucking excited okay (laughs) Well, hey you know what it can't be worse than dawn of war yeah i i so
0: i i i'm so mad about that like i waited in line at pax to play the third one i wanted it to be good so bad and it wasn't uh but speaking of indie developers though uh victim what's your take on the the cube world news
1: uh oh you know that's a fair thing to bring up um so i mean i guess i'll start off by saying that i didn't even hate the what cube world became i didn't think it was great but i think i think the backlash was definitely overblown so can um, you remind
0: me like and i guess for the sake of the listeners like what the fuck was cube world what went wrong and what just happened
1: okay so cube world was announced pretty much. A- I would say at one of the first heights of Minecraft's popularity and it, you know, featured that voxel art style that everyone was kind of into at the time. And, but instead of being like a creative game, it was going to be more of like an adventure mode RPG game that you could play in a big world with your friends. that was procedurally generated and all that fancy stuff that people liked back then. Um, Alpha came out, people bought in, I think they bought in cheaper than what they would have had to if, if, if it was at launch. Uh, and everyone liked it. It was really bare bones. There was kind of some glitchiness. Like, I remember uh, I was one of the only people in the world, um, at least according to the wiki, that managed to find, like, a thing that even in, to this day isn't in the game, uh, which was, like, a, one of the weird events that could pop up, and it was, like, a bandit layer, and it just isn't a thing in the game anymore, or what technically was never supposed to be, which was kind of funny. But, um, yeah, anyways, the, the big thing there, though, is that uh when the game did actually launch a lot of the features that people were really excited to see expanded upon were just gone and they weren't necessarily gone and not replaced but they were replaced with systems that almost felt like he was trying to make the game have an infinite gameplay curve that wasn't a very fun one but people were pissed and they're like "Oh, i got scammed it's like okay first off he removed that stuff probably not because he wanted to like scam people. Why would he? He already has their money. Like that that doesn't that doesn't really equate. It, it just sounds to me like he made a choice. It was a fucking stupid choice. Didn't fucking work out. Didn't pan out very well. And because he got like you know he's a I think it was literally him and his wife making the game. They got the full brunt of the internet you know shitting on them and they said all right well peace then I guess I just will leave instead um and then they were gone and we figured ah fuck well that sucks i guess that's it um until just like a week ago he's like hey uh, i decided we're gonna make cube world omega and it's gonna be based on the alpha branch of the game and so everyone was uh super happy except for like a handful of people that were like ah you scammed me once you won't scam me twice like what do you mean, man? You weren't scammed. That's not how that works. So yeah, that that's kind of where we're at. It's like you know, I, I I uh for the record, obviously uh criticizing him. Will he Will he do good this time? Where he did bad last time. I mean, sure, there's always the chance that it fucking sucks. But I don't know. I, I think people being angry about it was kind of weird, uh, especially the way they were angry at about it. And I think that it doesn't hurt to let him cook. Uh, So I don't really see, I I don't, I don't see the problem ultimately. It's just like, I'm excited. I hope it's good. You know what? If it, if it isn't great, guess what? I already got my time out a cube world. I didn't necessarily hate the, the, the launch version. It just definitely didn't have very much longevity. Not, not the kind of longevity I wanted out of it.
0: So whether this new project cube world, Omega is good or bad, you're going to hear it here first on the Melomancy podcast when that shit comes
1: out, right? Vic yeah i mean I, I fucking hope i i hope i own it I, I hope it's just an update um but we'll see i mean if i have to buy it again it's like 20 bucks i'm not gonna fucking lose my shit
0: oh. <laughs> you but... may not hear it here first <laughs> maybe <laughs> so, we'll,
1: well yeah we'll see how it goes we, we don't really know the ins and outs and it could be years from now too for all we know.
2: speaking so, of hearing yeah. good and bad i if uh we're moving past well are we still talking about playstation
0: Uh, I was about to change subjects, but uh, go ahead. Tell me more about PlayStation.
2: Oh, no, I wasn't. I was going to say, hey, I don't want to just purely complain on this podcast. I wanted to talk about something that I think everybody should know more about.
0: Well, let's hold your positivity for a little bit longer, because I want to tell I want to talk about something that might be potentially enraging. Right. Oh,
2: yeah. Fuck that thing. Whatever that thing (laughs) is. fuck that thing.
0: back on the subject of, I guess, indie game doesn't really qualify, but all right. Give it to me straight what do you guys think about rel leaving
1: oh, oh
2: right yes. That. um honestly i think that it's probably good in the long run for him to go be- not because it,
0: well he- let, let me just pump the brakes for a second so oh, i'm talking right. about rel the creative director for planet side 2 that game that we play that no other video game podcast seems to talk about um
2: oh right 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 <laughs> sorry uh yeah so planet side 2's uh lead dev left um, right.
0: His name is Rel, and uh, this is yeah. very fresh news.
2: Yeah, he didn't really announce it ahead of time. Uh, he just uh, posted a video, uh, my last day at uh, Rogue Planet Games, uh, and he was. It was like a two-minute highlight reel of him playing uh, PlanetSide Two, um, which is fine. Like, honestly, it's most people in this sphere, unless they're like iconic, like Todd Howard, don't stay with companies for as long as Rel did.
1: Yeah. yeah, I think it was seven years that he was with the company.
2: Yeah, no, creative directors typically abandon post every three to five years.
1: Yeah, they usually are there for as long as the the team needs them to push them. The moment that the plan's in place, they pretty much sit there with their hands tied and well, kind of just not, look on. <laughs> well, it's
2: not just that, but like it, it's a the kind of position that you only make more money by moving. Also true. Um and the position typically has no real longevity to it. um. But in fairness, I think Rel got burned out because he was not making enough money to warrant the amount of abuse he took from the community. Like, Plantside's community is not massive. It's, you know, a few thousand people strong. Maybe 10,000. I, right? I would and, say
1: it's probably somewhere in the 10 to 100,000, but you're only ever going to meet... Like a couple thousand of them at any point in time, depending on what time of year you play the game.
2: Well, I was leading to the other part where it's like the actual number of people that complain about the game or talk about the game anywhere is probably less than a thousand, right? Yeah, it's much The subreddit's the main place. uh, You know, another poke in the eye for Reddit. And chances are, you know, a lot of the problems that we put on RHEL were not solely RHEL's fault. Like, well, I can't actually, imagine he was the it, only voice in the room.
1: Yeah, no, he actually mentions it in his video. He was mm-hmm. one of three uh, directors. Uh, he was just the front-facing one.
2: Yeah, well, I mean, he chose to do it. And, Rel, like, whether or not you like Rel, he is the only reason there's a functioning planet
1: side at this point. Yeah, I um, mean, I, I think we mentioned this in our, in our podcast. Or, no, it was in our Discord anyways. Right. Um, but it... He may have done some stupid shit. There may have been some really dumb choices, but at the end of the day, he also made a fuck ton of really good choices and ultimately kept what was essentially a game from dying that was on its way out. It was gonna it was probably gonna go out with SOE the same way that fucking EverQuest landmark did.
2: Yeah, no, it was definitely on the way out and it, yeah, there are some bad decisions like Planet Side Arena. That was a bad that was a bad well, thing.
1: In all fairness, though, that one, I don't even think it was him, was it? Wasn't that uh, technically the publisher? I mean, that it was Andy been...
0: Seitz, I thought, who left earlier. Yeah,
2: yeah Andy yeah, Seitz
1: yeah. did leave earlier.
2: Like, And, you know, other creative directors or, oh, you know, developer, lead developers, those guys have left throughout the years, too. Andy Seitz, uh Higby, I forget it, went, Matthew Higby, I think. Uh, but these people have left over the years, and Rel kind of stepped up to do it. Like, he was... He, he was put in a bad position, er, like, several times. And he, you know, tried to maintain positivity despite that. And I think, uh, you know, if I had to wager a guess, it was just too much. Like, at the end of the day, you know, he probably kept waking up, dreading dealing with the community. Dreading, like... Because, like, they're working with a true spaghetti code game. Like, that. that is something that, honestly, people really don't understand. Like... And I don't. They inherited a horrendous mess, right? And this is one of the things I have problems Mm because a lot of people who complain have seen code before and know that, like, if you put a period where you need to put like a any other punctuation, you fucked up everything. Like, these are people who know these things, yet for some reason they're not willing to work with these people. Like, nobody working at Road Planet Games worked for SOE, basically. Mm-hmm like th- these are people who've inherited code who've inherited bits and bobs of this game and they've made new and Im- fresh improvements to it time and time again whether or not all of them landed well is irrelevant in my opinion and a live because ser- it is a live service game like at the end of the day it's the old model of live service game where uh like wow used to be where you um i think wow do- still does have a subscription but like, if you like you like you can have a subscription, but it's not going to break the game, like your experience, if you choose not to participate the in, in the subscription. Um, and actually, wasn't that
1: part of Rell's changes too? Was to equalize weapon damage? Um,
2: he did a lot of things. He balanced the game a lot, and people. Yeah,
1: damage. I was going to say that was the one thing that actually technically made the game pay to win. Is that you could fat uh, fast travel things, to better guns? Yeah. But now there is no such thing as better guns. There's just gun that plays better to you.
2: Right. So. Um, yeah. Like, there, with a scant few exceptions of guns being straight upgrades in their category versus side grades or worse ones. But yeah, no gun is so bad that you can't use it in the game. And yeah, there are problems with PlanetSide. No, by no means am I out here saying that PlanetSide's some, you know, second coming of Christ level game. It's not. It's... And like in the grand schemes, it's a good game, but it's not a great game. It's not one of the greats, and that's fine.
0: You got me curious. What's your what's your take on a, a Second Coming of Christ category game? Like, I don't
2: how think exclusive I found, is that club? I don't think I found that game yet. <laughs> the, like, as far as I'm concerned, there is no perfect game. Yeah. Um. I because most of the games that I would put that high, like. Actually, any game that I would put hot, that high on the list would only be up there because of uh, dedicated work of mods and mod creators, which isn't fair. Like, would you want your Jesus to be Pepsi Light?
0: <laughs> I think the only games I would put up there would be games from my childhood that I perceived differently then as I would have now, and it wouldn't be as great if I replayed them.
2: Right, like if... Uh, well, like, you know, if I asked my, like, 12 your old self, uh, you know, they probably would have said Halo, right? But, um, you know, I have time and distance from that game, and we've made better since then. It was, Mm. it was as close to perfect as you could make a shooter at the time of release, I think. But, we've made strides since then. Like, we've, we've expanded upon that. Like, um, I would have thought Fallout 3, when it released, was a fantastic game, or New Vegas. But, Again, we've made leaps and bounds every, like, as far as gameplay is concerned, we've made better games every time, and I don't, anybody who says New Vegas was peak, you can shut the fuck up. Fallout 4 was a better game. It wasn't necessarily, like, gameplay-wise, it wasn't necessarily a better story or less buggy, but as far as, like, gameplay is concerned, Fallout 4 is peak of Fallout at the moment, and that's fine. That's...
0: That's not a rare opinion these days. I, I've been seeing more and more commentary that, that Fallout New Vegas wasn't ever, all it's quacked up to be, right?
2: Oh, it's a fantastic game in its own right, but it is actually... People oh. that are really big fans of it, they just won't shut the fuck up. Well, it, <laughs> unlike every other Fallout, it is actually a very linear story. Um, like, and not just in the main quest. Like every, so I've probably mentioned it on this podcast before, but there is no random element in Fallout New Vegas, which is a departure from every other Fallout game from the time of Interplay to the time of Bethesda. There there's no random element though. Like no random events. No
0: everybody's playthrough is the same and it was okay.
2: Well, I mean, sort of. Yeah, you can do things in different order, but yes, or make different decisions. Like don't get me wrong, there are lots of branching narratives in the game. But like um There's one exception to the random element, which is if a hit squad's coming after you from either the NCR or the Legion, they'll show up wherever you are. But that's not random in the slightest. And anybody who says it is doesn't know what random means. Um, Yeah. No, they're, they're coming for you. You know that they're coming for you, and they will show up wherever you are whenever they catch up to you. Like, they spawn at some point on the map, and as you move around the map, they get closer until they catch up to you. So that interesting, they, yeah, no, it's not. It's not magic. Um, and don't get me wrong; like, there is something to be said for that because, like, one of the things that happens in, say, Fallout Three is you're not guaranteed to get uh, a, the alien blaster, the uh, the unique one. I forget what oh, it's called. Yeah. It. it was like Firestorm or some shit like that. But uh, you're not guaranteed to do that because it, that only spawned via random chance. Um, Via, like, the flying saucer would fly overhead and explode. And then the gun and ammo would rain down from the sky. But that was only a random chance. Like, I've had probably 10 playthroughs on uh, Fallout 3 and only had that spawn in one of the 10 playthroughs.
1: I think I, like, tried to fuck around with the game to get it to spawn. I don't even remember if I ever did. Well, I mean, you could
2: constantly fast travel to point, like, to, like, uh, it was like, twenty or thirty points on the map that had a chance to spawn it, and you could fast travel around to try to do it. But, yeah, it's just one of those things, though, like, it's... And by no means am I saying, like, random chance in video games make the game better or anything. I think it, for open world games, it makes them better because it makes the game, like, the world feel more alive. When random things happen where like you're wandering around and two groups of settlers are fighting over a locked uh refrigerator full of water like that makes sense they're arguing about it and eventually if you don't intercede they'll start shooting each other over it like that that makes sense for the world that they've sold to me uh Kenchi's another good game that i would point out for those like for just like making it feel lived in where Like, things are happening regardless of what you're doing. You just happen to be present during some of them. Um, And it makes it feel more alive. Kenshi, I think, if it looked better, was more streamlined, had better quality of life, it would definitely be up there in the second coming of Christ. It just Uh is not as good as it should be or could be. Maybe Kenshi Two lands that spot. Yeah, whatever. I was about
1: to say Kenshi Two. Hopefully, <laughs>
2: yeah. Um, I could have placed like the old 1995 XCOM in that uh, spot. You still play that fucking game? I've seen you. <laughs> I do. However, I only play mods now. Like I, I. Right. Yeah, you know something. I can't uh, say the. You know, I can't say you should let your children play the mods because they're they're titties. And, you know, we know how the, <laughs> the moral guardians feel about those. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so, like, there's always some kind of drawback. And in fairness, the only thing, actually, funny enough about XCOM is uh, it's one of the first games that I ever played that had online um, hotfixes or bug fixes, not even bug fixes, like quality of life changes. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the th- so, one of the things that in the original inception of the game you you could not open a door without walking through it and so that meant typically you brought a like on a ufo landing you would bring a sacrificial rookie whose job was to open the door
1: that's so sad it's look man hey if he lives he's a fucking hero yeah, well, I mean, and I sent him in there. With... He might be a hero,
2: <laughs> right? Well, I sent them in, sent him inside with holding two live hand grenades. So, I mean, he's going to be a hero one way or the other. All right, well, we call those murders, <laughs> but yeah. I prefer hero. He died in service to the Earth.
1: Yeah, uh,
2: <laughs> but I... yeah, I mean, Mountain Blades pretty high up there. But again, these games are—if these games were perfect, I wouldn't put mods in them.
1: Fair, also true. Very
0: fair.
2: So. Like, I mean, definitely. I play games that I have fun with. Like, I still occasionally open up Hitman Three and go mill around a uh, crowded place that you know, and go teach yoga to somebody I'm about to kill, or <laughs> you know, whatever. Because it it is such a fun time to be a six foot six bald white man, and then be anybody I want to be. <laughs> I think if I were to
0: to make some picks, I, I mentioned earlier that. I think my picks would be mostly out of nostalgia, and if I replayed them as an adult, I might think of them differently, which yeah. makes me hesitant to even do it, right? But I think my top choice uh, would probably have been Armored Core 2, which is a weird choice because like Armored Core 3 is b- and its sequels are better in a lot of ways, but um, that's a saga, whereas Armored Core 2, you could play it in isolation and have a great time. Whereas Armored Core 3 kind of assumes you're going to play Silent Line. And Silent Line assumes you're going to play Nexus. And the Nexus kind of assumes you're going to play uh, Last Raven. And uh, you might make a pit stop for Ninebreaker. And it's like, that's a big commitment. and But it's a great payoff. Whereas Armored Core 2, one and done. I mean, yeah, there's another age. There's like a sequel game. But you, I never even played it. Like Armored Core 2 was the complete package deal. It was everything Armored Core should have been. And that game was great and the other one that probably comes to mind is metal gear solid 3 i have much nostalgia for metal gear solid 3 i'm super conflicted about the announcement at the sony state of play let me, let me talk about that for a minute i said we'd come back to it and i guess now's the best time yeah it is uh at the metal are at the sony state of play they announced metal gear solid delta three snakey i think uh, they might have dropped the three and just put the delta in there delta is like a, a triangle in mathematics um it's a symbol it's a triangle So, and and it stands for change. So, what they've done is, or what they've said they've done so far in all the website promotional material and stuff is the Konami. Fucking Konami, right? They're remaking Metal Gear Solid 3 from the ground up, but they are reusing the voice lines. Uh, They're not bringing the voice actors back to redub their lines. And this is partly done because in the Japanese dub, some of those voice actors have died. Uh, So, I mean, I guess that's reasonable, but like They also say they're going to add stuff, but it's like, okay, you're going to add stuff, but you're not going to change the voice acting. Why is that? And, like, Kojima is not involved. And we're supposed to be boycotting Konami, if you recall, right? Like, they fucked up with Metal Gear Survive. Now, to be fair, I have not played Metal Gear Survive. Uh, I am deathly terrified to play Metal Gear Survive because I'm worried I would like it. The same way I liked Portable Ops and Portable Ops Plus. They're like the weird redheaded stepchildren of Metal Gear, but I love them all the same because it's like, the gameplay was really good, even though the story was not canon, right? And How did like, you
2: feel about Metal Gear Acid?
0: I loved Metal Gear Acid. Metal Gear Acid was amazing. I played both of them. So uh, what makes me worry about uh, playing Survive is that the gameplay in Metal Gear Solid 5 was solid. And much like Portable Ops Plus did to Ops, uh Survive just took the absolutely fine working gameplay and engine and graphics of Metal Gear Solid 5 and made some bullshit game out of it. That isn't canon. But it's like it's more of this fun game you just played, right? And so that's what I really liked about Portable Ops Plus. And it's like if I played Survive, like if I got it like for a dollar on like crazy super sale, I would probably like it. Even though we're supposed to be boycotting Konami, right? Now, um, I am still on the fence, but I'm leaning towards not purchasing Metal Gear Solid Delta just because Kojima's not in it. And I know Metal Gear was made by a lot of people, not just fucking Kojima, right? However, he's kind of an important part (laughs) of the Metal Gear experience. I think
1: even more so than that, it's just like, it feels weird because, first off, it's a remake, not a remaster. So we know that things will be changed. So it doesn't, I mean, fuck, the changes could be minimal and like tasteful. And, you know, maybe, maybe they really do just fucking nail it entirely, but until we know that point, I think that it's it's a straight-up hard pass. Yeah, in fact, you know what? I'm ready to make a stand.
0: Here's my stance. If they announce uh, a online mode that is a new generation of MGO, I'll buy it. If they don't, I will skip it. Uh, I just... We, we shouldn't be supporting this, right? But, like, I'm really just holding out for the multiplayer, like, deep in my core, right? Because MGO was... Like, peak multiplayer. Like, it's never been better than MGO to me, right? Both MGO 1 and MGO 2. They could make MGO 4, and it might be fucking awesome. I won't miss that. I'll be there for that. Kojima doesn't need to be involved to make that. I don't think he had much of a hand in MGO in the first place, right? Mm -hmm. It was the tacked-on multiplayer of his masterpiece. So, you don't need him for that. And it's like, uh, okay, I would buy that. Um, now, what I probably will buy, however, is the other thing that they announced, where they are taking the original games in their original entirety, you know, uh, complete with credit to Kojima, I assume, right? And they're just upscaling them for the PS5. Uh, they did this in the PS3 era uh, with the Millia Solid Collection, which was the previously the only way to play Millia Solid, um, Two, Three, uh, Peace Walker. Yeah, two, three, and Peace Walker and Metal Gear One and Two, uh, the old pixel games, uh, on one console. And so, I think they're gonna sell them individually, but they're basically doing that again, and but throwing in Metal Gear Solid One and presumably throwing in Metal Gear Solid Four. Uh, so I would love to have those all available on a modern console, uh, because like my oldest son, he just turned six, like he's he's too young for Metal Gear, but like, he w- he will be old enough to appreciate metal gear as a kid when the ps5 is still in use is what i'm thinking right yeah so fuck yeah i'm buying that right (laughs) um but like i'm not buying delta unless there's a multiplayer mode and i i'm telling you if they put survive on like a really crazy discount sale i might just fucking dabble just to try it because i i won't judge it unless i play it and i've heard it's bad but like if anyone's gonna like it it's probably fucking me I just hope it's fun single player because I know they had some weird call bullshit in mind, and I know nobody plays it. So I really hope it's fun alone, uh, because I probably would play that. <laughs> so conflicted today on the show. <laughs> yeah, really. Rick, get something positive to talk about. Let's oh, close yeah. with that. So, Let's close with that.
2: Yeah, I'll I'll be positive. So there there's this um this boomer shooter that came out pretty recently that I think everybody who likes boomer shooters or this is actually my first one to be honest. Because uh, I don't count games that were made in that era as boomer shooters. They're, they're just their shooters. Own se- yeah, they're <laughs> their own separate thing. Boomer shooters are the kind of shooters that are made with modern technology that try to in- invoke that era. Like, uh, you know, that Doom, that Duke Nukem 3D era kind of thing. So mm-hmm. this is called Warhammer 40,000 Bolt Gun.
0: You played Bolt Gun. How is it?
2: It is fantastic. Um, Fuck, I do have yeah. to... I do have to give it some, uh, like, it, again, it's not perfect. I actually do have problems sitting down for more than a couple hours and playing it at a time. It, it's nothing against the game. It's more of a me thing, like, as I've gotten, like, older and not as, like...
0: Okay, Boomer, yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah, as, <laughs> as, as I've gotten more Boomer, um, I don't, like, typically sit down and play for as long uh, unabated, as I used to. Um, and like saying that like I guess technically there's a story. Don't care. I, I All I know is that there are enemies of the Emperor out here that need to be perched. That's it. That's all I care about.
0: My favorite thing that I've heard about uh bolt gun is that uh since space marines you know are tools of the emperor and are therefore made perfect uh you don't upgrade your suit and armor and weapons instead to improve yourself in the game in the gameplay you earn contempt the emotion
2: contempt is your armor uh so like so you have a health pool like normal and then you have Contempt, which is your armor value. Traditional Doom armor, like over 200. Uh-huh. Uh, like It goes up to 250. Like, uh, you can get up to 200 with big It's all flavor uh, text, man. It's just flavor yeah.
0: text on armor, but it's like you're so mad at the Xenos because they're heretics, and it's like your Contempt is rising. You have more yep. armor. You are more better.
2: <laughs> I am more resistant to their guns because I have Contempt for them. Uh, yes, no, that's it, such
0: a warhammer thing to do. I love it.
2: it is fantastic it is,
1: uh, it is as warhammer as it fucking gets. yeah
2: no, no, it's absolutely fantastic, man. like the game's really cool. If you haven't watched um uh layman's review on it, I strongly recommend it because he he and I share a lot of the same same views on what makes it good, things like the fact that when you walk it makes big stompy noises um, beautiful was
0: it the layman review or was it Shill up? He is. I saw. I saw Shilup. He's part of Layman Gaming, right? But like he had a, like, a review on his channel, and that was the Sorry, one I saw. Shilup.
2: Sorry, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I was because I saw that video, and I'm like, I think you're talking about that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But he, he I am, and uh, you know, like Doom, it has power ups in level for like secrets and stuff, uh, but that go away after you get to the next level. Um. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of neat. I think. Um. Uh, like you can get uh, the Messiah blessing one, which upgrades whatever gun you're holding at that moment for the rest of that level um so it makes it like yeah it makes it different and guns are good for different uh enemies or situations like different guns are good for uh different things um the chain sword's a lot of fun and the taunts are a lot of fun so you have like this generic taunt where, you know, you're, you know, he cracks his knuckles and he says something, right? Like, you know, I am the Emperor's will may manifest or something like that, right? And um, <laughs> then he has pointed taunt. Yeah, so like if you're, like, got a, uh, one of the traitor mother- traitorous motherfuckers that fight for the forces of chaos in your sights, when you taunt, he'll point at them and say something like, your gods have abandoned you, heretic. Yeah, so... I love it's it. great no it's absolutely great Beautiful. it's ridiculous you run fast you can sprint faster um, it even has a mantle system in it so like if you're close to mm-hmm. a ledge or whatever you'll just mantle up it no problem
0: yeah that's yeah. something that they do in uh doom 2016 and doom eternal
2: which is something that like it's a simple thing and i don't know which game initially did it because uh, i'm sure it was an arduous task in the first games that did it, where it required you to do a button prompt to pull up, right? But at some point in time, they're just like, yeah, no, like, I th- think the first game I ever played that had any sort of mantling system was ASX uh, Invisible War. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, some kind of non-assisted, rather, like, where I don't have to, like, press the button And twice I'd be willing or... to
1: bet they had to code every fucking surface to allow for it.
2: Maybe, I don't know. <laughs> um, but it, it's definitely one of those things, when it's in a game, I appreciate it. Because why can't my superhuman space marine do a pull-up?
0: Right, and he can.
2: <laughs> yeah, I bet he could do it one-handed.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so now that you've opened your heart to boomer shooters, would you be willing to take suggestions?
2: <laughs> I mean, I'm going to be honest, Like, I I still haven't completed this one. <laughs>
0: <laughs> There's a lot going on. In, in these kind of games, like the the gameplay is very hectic. I think Victim would like it.
2: Yeah, the gameplay is pretty hectic, but it's not so hectic like that I feel overwhelmed in this one.
0: Um, you just feel badass, right?
2: Right. They do a good job of like running the line. Like there are a couple of puzzle levels that I put up with that are legitimate, legitimately are me putting up with them. Which fine, whatever. Most games, most boomer shooter or Boomer shooter era games had puzzle levels that just actually sucked, but everybody kind of glosses over that when they're getting nostalgic. Like it, it's mm-hmm. fine. Uh, most like it was a different time when those game where those levels were made, where like it wasn't that the you know the guys developing the game had no respect for your time. It's that they thought that lengthening the gameplay was actually a good choice, even if it was through this uh, yeah. like um, shitty puzzle. Um. And really, the shitty puzzles aren't that shitty in the game. It's more of just like, I'm getting on an elevator, or not an elevator, but like this, uh, it's like an on-rails uh, kind of thing. I know what's coming. There's no cover on this, so this means that I'm going to just be tanking it. Or, you know, dancing around my little 10-foot pad to try to dodge bullets or whatever. You know, like, mm-hmm. you know it's coming, and it, it's fine. It, the set pieces are also really good in the game, and they have a pixelation slider is something that I really appreciate. So it starts (laughs) off like 30% pixelated, but you can take it all the way down. Uh, non pixelated. It just kind of looks cartoony
1: because, you know, yeah,
0: dusk has a similar slider where you can make it look like older than it is.
1: (laughs) Yeah. That's actually a fucking wicked idea. It's like do you want CRT monitor mode, or do you-
2: <laughs> <laughs> right? Let's go. Well, it doesn't go CRT monitor because again, they don't want uh, to. That's make hard it to look
1: simulate, like- in all fairness, but yeah,
2: it typically looks really bad when you simulate it too, because um, CRT didn't look that bad as it looks in our.
1: Oh yeah, dude, I love watching. I love seeing those comparisons of people like showing like clips of the things on a CRT versus clips of things uh, that were meant to be on a CRT and then on like a fucking LED or whatever LCD. Um, yeah.
0: they look soulless, don't they?
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. It, it, it's like people didn't like pixelated graphics as much as they fucking thought they did. They they what they liked was the the weird blurred CRT versions, at least in terms of boomers, mm. um, which is fucking wild to me. I didn't. I used to play on a CRT, and I didn't even remember this. It was like one of those weird things I just fucking never noticed.
2: Oh yeah. So one thing that I wanted to. Mention also for this game is it has a full accessibility setting. So, like if you if you deem one of your sons old enough to play this game, Dylan, you uh-huh. can turn on invincibility for him.
0: Oh, nice!
2: It's got head bobbing, screen shake, uh, controller. Unlock all levels is one. <laughs>
1: oh, that's nice. Actually, I like that because sometimes, man, you just don't. You, sometimes it's nice to just like you know what this level's beating my ass. I'll come back to it later. Yeah, but yeah,
0: I worry that my kids aren't going to be very good at video games, because I mean, my son, my oldest son plays all the time, but like, when he plays Minecraft, he's playing creative mode, right? He, he doesn't understand survival. He also my, can't read. My
1: yet. my little brother, man. <laughs> I, I I'm I'm like, bro, I will teach you Dark Souls. I will sit your ass down. We will play through the entire fucking series. I will teach you. And he's like oh yeah that, that could be fun and then he boots up minecraft it's like god damn it man i understand but damn it
0: <laughs> i know and like other games that my son plays like uh just earlier today we were playing stars battlefront 2 the 2005 version right but like he was like hiding in corners like i'm i'm helping i'm surviving and i'm like i'm doing all the killing like yeah <laughs> you're doing good bud <laughs> uh he also well, plays a lot of the goat simulator games like specifically the the second one Goat simulator three um
1: that's a sentence you No, know, there was never a ghost simulator uh, two. i, I was... know i know i just every day <laughs> i hear it
2: one thing that I, I i am going to defend your son here a little bit Uh uh-huh. um one thing that we have to put in perspective is we were given the games that we had at the time we first started playing games sure. so like how many shooters were available to us at the time
0: no, but like, do. I, I played <laughs> games when I was five, right, that sure. were challenging and had consequences for dying, like Crash Bandicoot, Croc, like, yes, you can game over and run out of extra lives if you suck.
2: Yeah, but do you think that if Minecraft Creative Mode was available to you at that time in your life, in...
0: Would I have in, played anything else? Probably not. Yeah.
2: Exactly. And that's and kind what of... what
0: did I like about Tenchu 2? The level editor. Yeah, I, I get it. Yeah, no, it, it, it's... Yeah.
2: It's all of us have not all of us, but a lot of us have this like creative element to our personalities that we'd love to create things. We just don't have the time, the patience, uh, the skills necessarily. And so when games give us those, like I think Far Cry 2, the most like the thing that kept that one alive for like five years longer than it should have been was its level editor. Or maybe it was the first Far Cry that had a gorgeous level letter.
1: I forget. I it, think it, it, it was three. No, no, no. It was no, the first two. one. First, first Far
2: Cry. Well, whatever. Uh, one of the Far Crys before Ubisoft uh, turned it into the Ubisoft Sandbox Definitive Edition.
1: Oh, uh, uh, big rip, dude. I hate that so much. I mean, it's not even so much that I hate what they did. It's that it just feels super uninspired. You go from, like, big, feral motherfuckers that are, like, coming to kill you and you're slowly turning into one of them and it's an action movie to... I've got malaria. Well, and they have like their obligatory
2: drug trip episode in there.
1: It's just like, what the? F- who? How? Who at Ubisoft thought that was a good transition? It's like standalone. It might have been a great fucking game, but because I'm riding off the heels of what was essentially a masterpiece in my eyes, you want they they expect me to just like to like just accept that? And I'm like, nah, man. I I couldn't even play it. That was one of the first games I had bought a, as a kid, and like played like. Maybe five hours of, and didn't even try to go any further. I was actually just so dejected, I couldn't. I was like, "Nah, that's alright. I'm a, I'm good." <laughs> I'll take the L. I paid sixty uh-huh. bucks for this. So I, I'm, I'm good.
0: Big rip, dude. But yeah. I, anyways, I, I get it. And like uh, recently, he's been wanting me to play for him, so he can just watch. Uh, Prison Architect, which I play with unlimited money on, because holy shit, that game is hard. Uh, <laughs> Like, I don't understand it.
2: And it's harder when you start taking advice from your six-year-old. Yeah. it's <laughs> um. like, put that
0: room there. These cells need a canteen. <laughs> and he's like, I'm like, well, yes. Our prisoners need to be fed. <laughs> My son. <laughs> and Meet Your Maker, he loves that game, too. Like, <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah it's so just Minecraft that- with death.
2: It's like, but Minecraft already has death. You just don't play survival. <laughs> yeah, but it doesn't have, uh, like, uh, bussing into player-made structures the same way, I don't think. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that's uh, something that we're going to just have to get used to, is each generation uh, past us is going to have, gl- like, whatever they want available to them in a way that we just never did. And specific, or in our parents before us, like, mm-hmm. if our parents wanted to play a choose-your-own-adventure game, they played D&D. Fair. Um, So, like, I think that's going to be just the way of things from now on. You're going to have a lot of things like, uh, you know, creative mode Minecraft kind of shit or uh, games like uh, Risk of Rain, you know, where death is irrelevant. That's part of the game. Like, not Dark Souls kind of part of the game, but like, actually irrelevant. Like, because we could look at one of the Dark Souls games specifically and say death was not irrelevant, Dark Souls 2, um, where dying in that game was punishing. What's that? Good old, you didn't like good that? old
1: Demon's Souls 2.
2: Oh, Demon Souls had the uh, lose 5% of your health every time you died? Yeah. Well, it was I like thought it half
1: was your health. I thought it was a specific way that you well, died. So, so Dark Souls 2 uh, had its... It, it so was every death. It was every death you'd lose a chunk until you, lose. you reuse the thing. In Demon Souls you just flat out lost the full amount. Uh, I
2: thought it was specific way that you died. I thought it was um
1: No. Wh- that that's Dark Souls one if you get cursed. I thought it was uh, cursed in Demon Souls. No, no that, that was that it. was in one. Yeah.
2: Well, regardless. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no. But like something like there are a few games out there that punish you by making you die harder when you die or when you fail. <laughs> Uh, oh man, money getting is a good one cursed too.
1: at the wrong time in Dark Souls One, especially when you don't know what you're doing, it's quite literally like soft locking your fucking game.
2: Yeah. Damn. So yeah,
1: I, I get it. I, I understand.
2: I, yeah, and don't get me wrong. Like, games have uh, they have good things going for them, and a lot of our game, but a lot of games that we played as kids, we only remember it, them being as good as they were because they were the games we had. Like.
1: I think there's some truth to that, but there's also some truth to, like, overcoming adversity, too, right? It's like, some sure. of these games were unfair and will stay unfair, you know, for the rest of time. Like, it's not, nothing will change Oh, sure. That. But there's also games out there that were, like, just mind-numbingly difficult, and then when you finally beat them, you're like, yeah, I did that.
2: Well, absolutely. There were games that were designed to take your quarters even though you were at home. Um, the, but kind of where I'm getting at, though, is, like, we have like thousands and thousands of games tens of thousands of games to pick from now and the list is only going to get larger because none of the games that were made when we were children have gone away they've just become harder to get a hold of or you know maybe you need to use an emulator or whatever like yeah yeah. i like i had a hankering to play you know the gundam dynasty warriors so i went online downloaded uh downloaded a uh uh, ps3 emulator and got it and it was plug and play it was the easiest shit in the world Mm -hmm. like it would have taken me more effort to go find a playstation 3 (laughs) and a copy of the game
0: yeah emulations come really far um i i thought about trying it on my xbox because like i got the emulators going but like that thing kind of struggles to emulate beyond ps2 uh just because emulation is that much more difficult than the native hardware but on a pc with modern graphics cards it's fucking trivial
2: oh yeah Hell, it is um, it,
0: it's easier on android phones even like i don't know if android can necessarily emulate a ps3 but many of them can do ps2 and below with ease
2: yeah one thing i have to give it though is since i play with an xbox controller i do sometimes have difficulty where i'm like
1: uh x button x button <laughs> <laughs> I, that's one of those weird moments where I like I've played so much with PlayStation and Xbox at this point that I just I- interchangeably know them. It's such a weird feeling. the The thing that actually gets me is the color, not the mm. um, oh, yeah, because it's fair. a
2: blue X on there.
1: actually, I'll be real. That's the one thing I hated about the p s five controllers. despite them being probably some of my favorite controllers ever fucking made, they the fact that they don't have the old color coding is so ass, man.
2: Yeah, no, it, it, and the problem is, is so in, in that game, there are uh, beam-saber clashes, or whatever, melee weapon clashes, but typically it's beam-sabers, because Gundam, and, yeah. um, and those turn into quick-time events, and on the hard difficulties, you have about three seconds to input five commands, if that, maybe it's two seconds, it's fast, but when I have to stop and think... I typically lose them, and on the hard difficulties, you don't really have an opportunity for fucking up. Um, But, beside the point, like, that's what I'm saying, though, like, for, we have just, like, again, I can go play fucking XCOM from 1994, or 96, whatever, I think it's 96, but I could be mistaken. Regardless, I could go play that game. Your son could go play um, Spyro the Dragon, and he'd probably have a lot more patience for it than you would now, in fairness. <laughs> that,
1: that, that was one of the games that actually broke me into, into harder games, actually, funny enough. That that and Crash, I guess, but more Spyro. I was more excited in Spyro because Dragon. I right, fair, fair. Um, or you could do other things like with. Um... Oh, there's even the Reignited Trilogy, too.
2: Yeah, but you can. But it, This is kind of where I'm getting at, though. It's like whatever kind of game you want. There are probably half a dozen or more almost direct ripoffs of that game, more than likely. And it, like, and some of them are better than the original by basically
1: every metric. Especially in the like the when the indie boom was first a thing, there's probably plenty.
2: Yeah, and by all rights, don't get me wrong. Like, some of the games are only good because we have nostalgia. Um,
1: and,
2: like I, you know, I tried to play Sonic Adventure uh, two. Uh, on pc and that was a clusterfuck um it was only good on dreamcast or uh g- i guess gamecube had it too because uh, nintendo bought sonic uh during that time frame rest in peace my sweet child
0: rest in peace sonic let's wrap
2: up guys i'm getting tired yeah that's <laughs> good this Sounds has good. also been a massive podcast yeah, well, actually, we're
0: only at an hour and fifty-seven minutes, but oh, I man, it feels I came prepared because like yeah, we had a packed fucking agenda that I threw together five minutes before we started. But <laughs> <laughs> this time, I didn't tell you what the agenda was ahead of time, and I had tabs open to like read shit. Like, I think that worked out pretty good. I don't know if you guys, the listeners, think like uh, that this subtle uh, change in the format was good. Let us know what you think in a boostigram. Uh, you can also um, join our Discord. But do not create a Discord account just to talk to us. Holy shit, that is a hellhole. Uh, if you avoided Discord so far, I applaud you. Please, join the forum. In fact, if you are on Discord, you should also join the forum. Because we have a fucking forum and we're not using it yet. But it's ready when you are. That is Melonmancy.cafe. And um, you can follow us on Twitter. We have Our handle is at Melomancy. Victims on there too. I don't know if you post at all. I don't think you've posted in a while. Twitter's kind of a shithole these days. <laughs> Um,
1: uh, I post a little bit, but it, 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 it's really hard to use Twitter right
0: now. We do a little posting. Obviously, my social is uh, shipposter.club/dylan. Uh, though I've been I've been picking up my usage on the Nostr network. Uh, you can find me there, but I have no idea how to verbally describe to you how to find me. But uh, if you do, you'll find that I have verified my identity with the melomancy.cafe domain. It'll have a little checkmark. Like, as for how to find me. I have no fucking clue on that network. They need to fix that if it's going to take off, I think. But it's uh it's growing by the day. It's pretty cool to see. Um Victim, I noticed you were I noticed you were streaming uh Genshin lately. Uh are you done with Zelda or are you taking a break? No.
1: So, uh, I just I knew there was stuff I needed to get done into or in uh in fucking sorry, Genshin. Breast but, of the waifu? Yeah, but yeah. the the issue I'm I'm having with Tears of the Kingdom is it uh, is very big. It has a story that is actually very good, but I'm a little demoralized from finishing the game at the moment, and so I'm, I, I felt like, you know what, fuck it. I'm going to take a break. I'll come back to it in, like, a couple days. Uh, or, well, probably like closer to, like, two weeks. And then I'll have a fresh head, and I'll be able to get through things just fine. So, I was like, fuck it. I gotta get this Genji shit done anyways, because 4.0 comes in the near the end of... the mid or end of August. And so I was like, yeah, I'll just fucking get shit done. And see where the fuck it goes from there.
0: All right, all right, all right. That's been the Melomancy Podcast, episode 71. See you next time. Doodaloo.